Well, welcome, friends, to the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast, where normal, everyday disciples open up the Bible and discuss. We don't claim to be theologians here, but no one ever said you had to be to read and interpret and apply the Word of God to your life. So thanks so much for joining us today, and here's your host. Well, welcome to Tuesday, January 24. I hope that uh, you had a great Monday, and thank you for joining us again on Tuesday. Um, my name is Steve Durr, as I mentioned yesterday, and I am still joined by Michelle. Oh, joined with Joined by Michelle. Joined with Michelle's still with us here. Yeah, yeah whatever. I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's been a, it's been a long day, so my grammar is not so great. But anyways, Michelle's here, um, and so thank you for joining us as we kind of work our way through the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, on Tuesdays, we like to get to know a little bit more um, about our guests and specifically their their testimony, their story, how God um, is working in their lives or how Jesus is real to them. So, Michelle, can you just share a little bit, whatever you want, whether it's your initial uh, testimony or kind of what Jesus has been doing lately, just share a little with us. Is that? Yeah. Uh, um, so I grew up in the church. I grew up in New Jersey, uh, for those of you that don't know. So yeah. I don't sound like it, but that's okay. <laughs> you know Bon Jovi? No. Oh, okay. Because well, he's from New Jersey, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's like Bruce Springsteen. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, mm. Don't know him. Okay. Good choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I grew up in the church, um, but I do feel like we had a really great church that we really enjoyed in Colorado. And so we went through this season of, okay, well, why did God bring us to Michigan? Yeah. Why is he leading us away from our church and our community? Um, and so, and the pandemic hit. Um, and so it's was truly a really dry season. Um, and we saw the Lord come into play. Um, our sister-in-law, so Christopher and Emily go here. Um, and they had, she had continually been inviting us. Why, why don't you come back? Come visit. Um, and we were kind of like, nope, that's your church. That's okay. Yeah. We're not going to impede on that. Um, cause we had lived away for so long. We don't, Doing family life together has also yeah. been an adjustment. Oh, yes. Um, for the better. For yeah. the better. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's what you have to say here, right? Yes, yes, yes. Of yeah. course. <laughs> um, but she had continually pursued us in that, and God kept putting us on her heart to come to okay. VP. Um, mm-hmm. And in the moment that we had said, nope, we're going to a different church, she was like, okay, the Lord's got this. Um, and then we decided to come to VP without her invitation. Okay. Um, and it just... I, it was really emotional for me because it was obviously the Lord's leading that we needed to be here yeah. and that this was what he had prepared for us um, and that we had waited long enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's just been a huge blessing. And so we're yeah. continually trying to seek out and see where God is leading next, but um, enjoying being part of the VP family. Yeah. Well, we're excited that you're here. Um, uh, we've been part of this journey group um, this past fall. Um and so it's been kind of neat to get to know you and Chad and how you can bring your gifts and what you're good at to not only our, our group, our small group, but also to uh, Victory Point. So thank you for being willing to come. So, um, all right. Well, today we're going to um, talk about murder. Um, <laughs> murder. Um, this sorry. is one of those murder podcasts. Yes, you guys right. Ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that, those are awesome. Um I like a good murder mystery, you mm. know? Yeah. So, um, I mean, yeah. So A good page turner. good page turner, yes. That's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. So um, well, we're going to look at Matthew 5, 21 through 26. Um, so I'm going to read that, and then we'll have a conversation. Okay. 
So it says, you have heard that it was said to the people long ago, do not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still with him on the way, or he may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. I tell you the truth that you will not get out until you've paid the last penny. All right. So, Michelle, what do we learn about uh, God in this passage about murder? So I'll stop doing that. I, won't <laughs> I would appreciate it. Yeah. Continues. <laughs> um, I think that God is just and he wants us to be honest. He desires for yeah. us to turn and repent um, and make things right. Um, and that he knows that it'll be difficult, right? He had to spell this out. Yeah. Right? Like, no, you have to come and then you remember, and then you go back. Yeah. Don't come to me until you've resolved it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, I mean, it kind of moves us away from the, the murder part in the first start, but I, I appreciate that too, where um, it said, okay, if you come to give your offering uh, and you know he has somebody against uh, that, you, that is that angry at you or you have a quarrel, go fix that. And um it makes sense, you know, we should go, you know, try to make peace with, with people. But it's just God knows that if we're wrapped up in that type of conflict, our worship of him can't be meaningful. Um, he, the spirit won't be able to speak to us as much because, again, we have this big conflict going on. Um, so, yeah, for him to point blank say, look, I don't want you to worship me until you go fix that. Um, uh, so I, I appreciate that part, too. Um, one of the things that I think, um, was just, I, it, whenever I read this passage, this is a big thing. Hey, murder, not, not only physical murder, but if you're angry, um, I think this gets back to what we started talking about yesterday where, um, Jesus is trying to point out the difference between what the Pharisees are doing, you know, the letter of the law, um, versus really the spirit of the law. And he's saying that, you know, yes, don't murder and murder is bad, but you know what, for most of us. We're not going to murder anybody, you know, this, so we could easily say, oh, this doesn't apply to us. Um, but what Jesus is not just that surface level. Um, there's actually that that um, emotional, um, physical, not just the physical, but the emotional as well as spiritual, where you're um, angry and you're mad at somebody. And that's just as bad um, as murder. Um, it, kind of what you said yesterday, too, about the big ones versus the little ones. So. Um, I th- I've always wondered what Raka meant, and I looked in the passage, it, it says, um, it's calling somebody empty-headed or empty. So basically you're telling somebody, you know, you're, you're brainless, you're empty-headed, you whatever. So, um, but, uh, so that's, again, I think Jesus is trying to say, look, you know, you're not off the hook just because you haven't murdered anybody. It's because chances are you're not going to, but all of us struggle with, um, anger, all of us struggle with kind of holding a grudge. All of us strangle, str- uh, struggle with 
that person just really ticked me off and I'm mad at them and I'm angry. And sometimes we feel justified in that. So, yeah. Um, anything else about what we learn about God or other things we learn about humans? Um, I think like kind of, but then pulling into like, what does this say about humans is looking at in his desire for us to repent and make things right. Yeah. What, is, what do we have to do as humans? We have to be vulnerable and we have to be humble, yes. right? We, that takes a lot of humility. And I think it's reassuring to me that that's not something new, right? Like that's right. something that is longstanding that God knows that we have difficulties with that with humanity. Um, and so looking at he desires that vulnerability, right? Which also yeah. speaks to that piece that this isn't just a moral law, right? This is yeah. a spiritual and transformational law um, and how that then like can impact our personal relationships, yeah. right? Because if we are repenting, if we are vulnerable and turning um, and transforming, and so that wasn't right, but it's God in then how we interact as humans with him, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think I, I like how you said that, just that humility piece. Because I think especially when you're in conflict with somebody, it's easy to say, you've wronged me, you've done, I'm right, you're wrong. And, um, but if we are intentional about being humble and in saying, okay, well, wait, let me look at it from this other person's point of view. Um, let me try to understand this conflict, whatever it is, from their point of view. I might not be right. Um, or there might be a little bit of guilt or you know blame for both of us, right? Um, so saying that we need to be humble and look at from both sides helps us to better bring resolution because it points out to us, okay, well, what do I need to apologize for? What am I responsible for in this conflict? And what do I need to do to fix that? Um, so it's not, and it's interesting because it's not saying if you remember you're mad at somebody, it's if you remember somebody has something against you. Um, be, so go make that right um, because you've screwed up. You've done something that's caused a rift between um, this other person. So, uh, yeah, good. What about um, what challenges do you have or what, what are you going to maybe do as a result of what um, we talked about today? That's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about, I took this in the way of like, how do I make things right and speak through that in relation to how I work and also how I parent, mm -hmm. right? So yeah. how how am I raising my kids to have this awareness and have the ability to also seek forgiveness and repentance, right? And how do I do that with them and do that well yeah. um, when I wrong them, yeah. right? Because I know that I do that. Yeah. I get agitated. It happens. Right? And how do I not harbor any wrong against anyone in my family? Uh, but also, how do I do that in my workspace? Yeah. Um, and so one of the challenges, I don't know if it was from the pulpit or in our group, but talking about, like, who's one person that we can um, focus and pray for? Yeah. Um, and so in utilizing that... I have someone that I'm praying for that is in my life that is not one that causes great joy. Mm, yeah. um, and so um, that's been a strong challenge for me in, in meeting with that person and interactions, right? How am I wrapping them and how, how am I allowing that relationship to transform me spiritually? And how am I also seeking transformation for them? Um, and that takes a lot of vulnerability. Yeah. Um, 
to be able to be in that space. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's great um, to be intentional about praying for somebody that you're struggling with. Uh, again, help kind of helping you see their side, but also saying, all right, God loves this person just like he loves me. I might not have a great relationship with this person, but Jesus loves them as much as me. And so I need to, yeah, pray for them. I need to think about from their perspective, being kind of a cheerleader for them, even though between the two of us, there's no cheerleading going on. So, yeah. Yeah, because I could definitely find myself, like I could be harboring some Mm. very strong feelings if I weren't coming with that approach. I think I would lose sleep over it. And I think there would be some other ways that that would affect my life if I didn't take that approach. Yeah. Yeah. As you mentioned, um, you know, workplace or in leading your family, it reminded me me something I wrote down. Um, One of the things when Jesus knows that we can't truly worship him when we're angry and have conflict, but also that can impact our relationships with people. So if I'm frustrated about something at work and I don't try to figure it out, fix it with the person at work, then I come home and I'm grumpy. And then Jackie and Lori and the boys, if they're home, they're, they get the brunt of that. Um, so also we got we to think about how uh, this conflict with this other person might impact our relationships with the people we love. And so that was a good uh, challenge for me as well. So well, I like, um, Michelle, that challenge you threw up, but to, to identify somebody in our life. So folks that are listening, um, try to identify somebody in your life that maybe you are in conflict with. Um, and first of all, see um, from a humble perspective maybe what you um, own in that, that conflict, but just be intentional about praying for them, praying that the Lord's blessing will be on them, um, that the Lord's will be done in their life. And as you start to pray for them, um, maybe that will bring in a change in your own heart. So, all right. Well, that's our challenge for today. That's our time. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Well, thank you for joining us today for the Victory Point Bible Reading Podcast. We hope that today's conversation was helpful for you and encourages you in your daily walk with God. If you have any questions or thoughts to share with us, please email us at info at victorypoint.org. We would love to hear from you.